Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on this week's podcast by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, been a couple of weeks, but we're back. How you doing? Good. I learned a new uh, I learned a new skill today. What's that? I learned how to work on a football chain gang, which I'm involves back. basically standing there and holding a stick. <laughs> I've never done that before. I did it for a high school football scrimmage this morning, so uh, it's a new new skill to add to my repertoire. Definitely. Um, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, did you, you know, no mistakes, no, uh, no equivalent of the, um, you know, replacement ref days in the NFL and anything like that? Uh, no, no big mistakes. And it was just, this is a scrimmage. Uh, so it was kind of a good opportunity to get my feet wet. Cause I'll be doing a couple of, uh, actual real games this fall. So, um, now that I know what I'm doing, I hopefully don't mess up when it <laughs> actually counts. Sounds good. Well, let's uh, let's dive in here. Um, been a few weeks, lots of news happening uh, recently. Um, we'll start with our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that are available only to BizTimes insiders. Uh, if you are already an insider, we really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you are not an insider, please do consider subscribing. Uh, the equivalent of $9 a month gets you access to all of our stories, uh, discounted admission to some of our events, and on the other benefits. So please do consider that. Go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button, and check that out. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? The story I picked is um, about the sale of an apartment complex in Brown Deer, which sold for $39 million, which... There's a lot of money. Um, it's called the Bevy Apartments. It's 8,600 block of Deerwood Drive. Um, and it was just interesting. It's a 175-unit complex uh, developed by fiduciary uh, real estate management, which is a Milwaukee company. And uh, it was purchased by a company in, um, in Oak Brook, Illinois. JVM Realty. Um, so you just see a substantial, you know, this, it's a luxury apartment complex. It was just developed last year. So it's brand new. And um, so for fiduciary to build that and be able to sell it right away um, and have an Illinois company, you know, investing in, in local real estate is interesting. And that's just a substantial, that's a substantial deal. It's one of, one of the bigger, multifamily deals in, in the region this year that I can remember. So pretty interesting one. Yeah, definitely. And anytime we get the out-of-state uh, investors um, bringing money into the Milwaukee, into the Wisconsin market, um, you have to think that's generally a good sign to see um, that they see value. They see yeah. opportunity to um, generate returns by investing here. Yep, that's um, money that comes into our economy. That's a good sign um, and definitely good to see. Um, and we had some other ones. I think recently we had a big portfolio deal down in, it was industrial, but big portfolio deal down in 
in Pleasant Prairie and um, mm-hmm. a few others. So always interesting to keep track of those. Um, speaking of Pleasant Prairie area, uh, Kenosha County, um, that's where my insider story spotlight is. It's from a few weeks back. I wrote one about um, the rising uh, cost of the planned uh, Paris solar and battery project um, in Paris and Kenosha County. Um, this is part of WEC Energy Group's plan to kind of transition away from coal-powered electricity, coal-generated um, electricity into more renewable sources. Um, they've announced and got approval for, uh, I mean, their, their plans call for basically billions of dollars in investment in solar panels combined with battery storage. Um, and this kind of transition happening throughout the economy, um, across the country. And there are kind of supply issues with uh, panels. There's a, a Commerce Department investigation into um, illegal dumping. And there's you know costs of, of materials other than the solar panels themselves, different things, rising labor costs, um, de- you know, kind of delays. Um, so... The uh, folks at We Energies or WEC Energy Group um, had to submit some paperwork to the P- State Public Service Commission that said, hey, I know we were you know, supposed to stay under this as a $433 million cap, uh, but these issues outside of our control have kind of prompted us to the cost is going to be higher. Um, so they're looking at you know, $74 million, and that only covers the solar part of the project. Um, there's the battery part is still kind of up in the air and uncertain, um, but they attribute it to global supply chain events, um, including issues getting steel, labor markets, and the module supply, uh, the actual panels themselves. So, um, it, I mean, on the one hand, you know, it kind of goes back to the story we talked about, I believe, a few months back of they've kind of delayed the shutdown of some of the older coal power plants. Um, and uh, in part that these things are related. Um, it's a tricky transition to do, to move from uh, coal f- fuel plants um, to relying on uh, solar and battery power. Yeah. Um, as we've talked in the past, this transition, this energy transition is happening. It is absolutely happening. And there are going to be bumps along the way. And uh, this is another one, but um, it's unfortunate, but, it's part of the process of moving to the much needed move to renewable energy sources. So mm-hmm. certainly onward it well, goes. <laughs> yeah, onward it goes, but it, it'll be interesting to continue to follow, uh, you know, how smooth or not smooth that transition ends up being. Um, so let's transition to our big story of the week, uh, and that is one involving Milwaukee Tool um, and their uh, announcement or, or marking of a milestone. They opened their um, hand tool factory in West Bend, um, which, I mean, it's significant for a few different reasons. One, it's a you know brand new manufacturing facility. I um, believe it's around 90... Uh, 95,000 square feet, um, 150 jobs. That's all great news. Uh, but I think the, the bigger piece that's uh, kind of more exciting here is it marks the return 
of manufacturing to the Milwaukee area for the Milwaukee Tool brand, um, which you know has a long history in the region going back to the early 1900s. Um, moved out to from the city of Milwaukee out to Brookfield around the 1960s. Um, and the last of the manufacturing um, left there, I believe, in about the mid-2000s. Um, and it moved to other facilities. Uh, they have facilities on Mississippi. There um obviously some supply from overseas, things like that. But um, the, the mark of, you know, marking that the Milwaukee tool brand is back to manufacturing in the Milwaukee region is certainly an exciting thing. Uh, and there is, a, I guess, a caveat. They do have the own empire level, which is based down in McGuanago. Um, it has a manufacturing facility down there. And they also own Imperial Blades, which is out in some prairie. Um, and it's actually, they've expanded that facility. But, you know, under the, the flagship Milwaukee brand, um, to, to have that manufacturing in the region again is certainly exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's a, we've talked about Milwaukee Tool so many times. I've, I've said it many times that this is one of the most important companies in the region right now just because of their sheer size. And um, because of the extraordinary growth, you, you combine the huge size of the company with the huge growth they're experiencing, which is making an enormous impact economically on the region. And we've seen them expand in Brookfield. We've seen them start to develop a campus in Miami Falls. They've opened an office in downtown Milwaukee. And now this is the latest. Now there's a plant in West Bend. So uh, you're seeing a Waukesha County, a downtown, and now a Washington County impact from Milwaukee Tools growth locally. And as you say, the, you know, it's, it's one of those stories that Milwaukee saw iconic manufacturers that were the backbone of Milwaukee's economy for many, many years, leaving the region to do manufacturing in places where the labor costs less, whether it's in the South, we've seen a lot of that. So the fact that they've brought some of their manufacturing now back to the region is a very, very big and very, very significant story. So it's a real exciting thing to see. The other thing is, I mean, this was basically, this is essentially a ribbon cutting type of event that happened this week. And upon, you know, this, the celebratory opening of this plant, they're already saying they have plans for a significant expansion. They're talking about, um, they have a right of refusal to purchase an additional 20 acres at that site, which would accommodate another 225,000 square feet of building space. I mean, the, the current facility is 95,000. So adding another 225, that would be a huge expansion of what you've already done. So, and they've talked about how the design of the building, they have two walls that are just designed to basically be removed so, for expansion. So, they, and they also said that they're planning to, quote unquote, double the size of the plant in a, quote unquote, short period of time. So it's very exciting to see them bring manufacturing back to the region. And with the, apparently it's only just begun because they already have, they're already eyeing expansion in the, in the not too distant future there. So that's just, that's great. Yeah. And I've kind of given up on thinking that this is the time that they're, you know, just talking a big game and not going to actually follow through on it. Cause it seems every time they announce the expansion, they announce something you think, okay, like 
this growth has to slow down at some point. How do you keep sustaining it? How do you keep um, just one time after another, you know, expanding and, and growing in the region? And sure enough, they do, you know, again, it's kind of an amazing story to see. I, I always go back to, I wrote a cover story in the spring of 2016 about them. And the start of that story is about, it talks about being, there's a, a Home Depot um, at like 124th and Capitol. And you walk through there and there's plenty of Milwaukee Tool merchandise to see. But at that point in time, you'd be hard pressed to know that that company was based just a few blocks away at what's basically like 130 bl- uh, block of uh, Lisbon, mm-hmm. um, you know, just up the road from there. And you would, you would have been hard pressed to know that. And then they built an expansion and then now the downtown and the memory falls plans and one thing after another. Um, so it's an impressive story. And, you know, the, they actually also released their earnings this week uh, or their parent company did it's a Hong Kong based tectronic industries. And um, so Milwaukee tool now represents around 58% of that company's total revenue. Uh, so back in 2010, it was like 19%. Now it's up to 58%. Um, this company also includes Ryobi and some floor care products and different things. Um, and their CEO talked about, you know, they, uh, their year after year of 20% growth, um, at least 20%. He said minimum this year, it'll be 20%. They did 25% in the first quarter, um, 26% almost. So he said they'll cross 8 billion in sales, um, this year which probably undershoots it a little bit. Um, they first crossed $2 billion in 2015. And my math works out that it'd be about like $9.5 billion, um, in sales for the year, this year for Milwaukee Tool alone. Man, that, and is, that, that, is, that is just massive. Uh, whether it's 8 or 9.5, especially going from 2 um, just a few years ago, like you said, I mean... If they if they qualified for the Fortune 500, that's that's Fortune 500 level big. Mm-hmm. That's just that's an absolutely huge company. Yeah, and then just keeps going. And he said also, it's Joe Galley. There's the Tektronix Technologies, um, Tektronix Industries CEO said he's you know he's always asked um, you know well what what about the economy? Is this is the current economy going to slow down Milwaukee and um, he said he's not worried about the economy at all, at least as it relates to, um, Milwaukee tool They're you know, they're more consumer fo- focused brands. He's a little more, there's a little more challenge there, but they just keep, you know, they roll out new product innovations. They roll out, um, new, you know, uh, battery lines, different things. The, it's interesting The the battery business helps, um, their you know profitability nicely because it's kind of a it's a thing it's a thing that has to get replaced eventually and people you know are buying more and more of them um it's just it you know it's crazy i mean if we could have a few more of those in the region that'd be that'd be great but uh it's kind of a one-on-one it it would be nice to have more companies like this you know our, our our region badly needs more companies like this you know generac is one that's similar, you know, a, a, a big company that's shown significant growth like this in recent years and has expanded its operations in the area in recent years. Um, you know, but when you looking back at Milwaukee Tool, the, the challenge for the region 
to fully take advantage of their growth is to be able to provide the talent that they need to 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 grow here. Uh, we've talked about in this podcast before that they opened an office in Chicago this year, and the reason they did that was because they need to hire so many engineers that they've been looking under every rock and in every nook and cranny in the area and going to all the different universities to recruit um, recruit the talent they need. And they've just haven't been able to hire enough people. I mean, they've grown massively here, but they still need even more people um, to do all the work, especially on the innovation side, R&D side that they're doing. So they need to open an office in Chicago to provide some of that. And that while, you know, a, a nice growth thing for them represents a missed opportunity for southeastern Wisconsin because that operation, that those jobs could be here and should be here, but we're just not producing enough talent or attracting enough talent. So as great as the Milwaukee Tool story is here, and it is great, um, if we're going to fully take advantage of what Milwaukee Tool is doing as a, as a regional economy, we have got to produce and attract talent to work there or it, jobs are going to end up in places like Chicago instead of here. So mm-hmm. certainly, well, we will certainly continue to follow the Milwaukee tool story uh, as yeah. they continue. And I'm sure uh, it probably won't be too long before we're writing about uh, an expansion of this West Bend facility. Uh, <laughs> so way. look for that story on biztimes.com uh, in the not too distant future, I'd assume. Uh, Until then, we'll leave it there for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me, Andrew. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.